Wisconsin lawmakers have passed the biggest bipartisan compromise the state has seen in years. The overhaul of local government funding sends more money for public safety and infrastructure to communities across the state and could avert a financial crisis in Milwaukee. It's Thursday, June 15th. This is Wisconsin Today. Good morning. I'm Alex Crow. Coming up, you might have gotten an air quality alert for sensitive groups on your phone recently. We'll tell you more about why that is. And many Wisconsin teachers have been able to negotiate historic pay increases, but not all school boards have been receptive. Stay with us. Our world gets more complex all the time. You rely on WPR to turn complicated issues and the news of the day into understandable language. This essential service that you count on relies on your support. It's the largest source of our funding. If you've never given before, make a contribution now of, say, $10 a month at 888-202-2552 or WPR.org. A massive overhaul to local government funding is headed to Governor Tony Evers' desk. As Sean Johnson reports, the legislature passed the plan yesterday with the combination of Republican and Democratic support. The plan would increase the state's local government funding, often called shared revenue, by a minimum of 20% to most communities. But it would require communities to spend the money on expenses like police and bar spending it on things like diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. Some communities would also receive a much larger share of the new money than others. Democratic Senator Mark Spreitzer of Beloit called it a difficult vote, but he supported the plan. There are some tough pills to swallow in this bill, but our local governments literally cannot afford to wait. The bill needed Democratic votes to pass the Senate. Several Republicans voted against it after it was amended to let Milwaukee add a sales tax without voters passing a referendum first. Sean Johnson, Wisconsin Public Radio. Late last night, lawmakers also approved a package of bills aimed at building more housing in Wisconsin. As Anya Van Wagtendonk reports, it was also a rare moment of bipartisan accord. While Republicans took the lead on crafting the bills, Democrats co-authored almost all of them. The package will create low and no-interest loans for some housing projects and make it easier for developments to be approved by local governments. Wisconsin needs to build 140,000 housing units to meet current demand, according to the Wisconsin Counties Association. Representative Mike Baer, a Democrat from Verona, called the bills a step in the right direction. And I hope that that effort that this committee has done can be a model for us going forward on other vexing problems that we can move on a, in a bipartisan way and actually get some things done. Because it feels good to get some things done, doesn't it? The bills also have support from real estate and construction lobbies and local government associations. They are now headed to Governor Tony Evers' desk for approval. Anya Van Wagtendonk, Wisconsin Public Radio. The amount of garbage going into Wisconsin landfills fell by nearly 25% between 2007 and 2021. That's according to new data from the Wisconsin Policy Forum. Their Talking Trash report found a steep increase in what are called tipping fees, causing shipments of trash from other states to fall from more than 1 million tons per year to just over 300,000 tons. Researcher Tyler Burns says that may be seen as a good thing, but it has implications for funds used for environmental efforts. We're not getting as much revenue as we otherwise would have had we continued along at the you know 11 million tons. 
And so that provides less money for things like, you know, we fund recycling programs out of this. Uh, we fund groundwater programs out of this fund. On average, Burns says local governments spend around $450 million each year on trash and recycling. Around $45 million of that goes towards environmental programs. With unprecedented staffing vacancies, teachers have been able to negotiate historic pay increases in school districts across the state. But Corinne Hess reports not all school boards have been receptive. Teachers in Racine and Oak Creek continue to push for higher pay. In Oak Creek, nearly 400 teachers signed a petition asking for higher wages, and in Racine, teachers are asking for an 8% raise. Union leaders say districts that invested in staff are more competitive. Amy Mizielko heads the Milwaukee Teachers Union, where teachers got an 8% pay bump. It's a pretty easy commute from Racine to Milwaukee. And I think that commute is made even easier when they know that Milwaukee Public School Board and administration made moves to retain every single worker that they have. Many school districts that have not given pay increases for next year say they're waiting for the state budget to be finalized. Corrine Hess, Wisconsin Public Radio. More than half of Wisconsin counties are under an air quality alert for sensitive groups due to smoke from Canadian wildfires. The alert will remain in effect through noon today. The advisory comes as the state is seeing its most active spring for fine particle pollution in more than a decade. Before this year, Wisconsin had not issued such an alert for the season since 2011. That's according to the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. The wildfires have prompted five advisories so far this year. Jonathan Patz is a professor with the Department of Population Health Sciences at UW-Madison. He says it's unusual for wildfires to start so early. There's no question that climate change is fueling an increase in the intensity and frequency of wildfires and the smoke that we have to deal with from them. Research shows exposure can worsen asthma and other respiratory problems. The DNR says children and older adults should consider limiting outdoor activities. Coming up, we've got a story about the housing shortage happening in the state and the differing opinions on how to solve the issue. Stay with us. You tune into Wisconsin Public Radio for news you can trust, conversations that draw you in, and music and entertainment that make your day better. The largest source of funding for everything you value on WPR is listener support. Join the team that makes WPR possible. Become a sustaining member. Make an ongoing monthly gift and share WPR with your entire community. It's easy to sign up at WPR.org. And finally, a bill passed in the state legislature this week aims to make it harder for residents to block new housing projects. As Joe Schultz reports, one barrier that municipal leaders face in addressing the housing shortage is their own constituents. If you want to hear controversy at a local government meeting, stop by in a night when they're considering a proposal to build some new apartments. Meetings about developments or zoning changes in Nina, Oshkosh, and Madison within the last year sounded like this. It is also likely that he's going to put recovering drug addicts into this community. That will bring significant increase in traffic and noise. It will lower the quality of life for people who are already there. And at a recent meeting in Oshkosh, one phrase came up over and over. Neighborhood character. Neighborhood character. Neighborhood character. 
neighborhood character. But Wisconsinites need more places to live. The state needs to build at least 140,000 housing units by the end of the decade just to keep pace with current demand. That's according to the Wisconsin Counties Association. Madison renter Ian Jamison says the shortage makes finding a place to live feel like a high-stakes game of musical chairs. There are not enough chairs, or in this case, houses to go around, so it gets more and more complicated and competitive. In a recent report from the city of Green Bay says the shortage has disproportionately affected marginalized groups and low-income individuals. Robin Scott is with the African American Resource Center in Green Bay. She spoke to the city council about the issue earlier this year. We serve so many clients every day at our agency from domestic violence to sexual assault to youth programming. And the number one disparity that exists right now in our community um, is sadly housing. Renter Will Ahovich created a group in Madison to advocate for more housing because he was frustrated with conversations locally. It seemed like people were a lot of times just throwing anything at the wall, trying to block changes to their neighborhood. He says public comments at local government meetings are often skewed towards homeowners, not the people who could benefit from new projects. A lot of people who are going to live in new housing don't know that they're going to live into it until it's done. So they don't have as much motivation to show up to a meeting for a place that they might live in. Legislation passed this week could even the playing field for some multifamily housing projects. Under the proposal, communities couldn't veto projects that met existing zoning rules. Republican State Senator Romaine Quinn co-sponsored the legislation. He recently spoke to WPR's Central Time about the bill. Communities would be no longer be allowed to move the ball on developers when a project is trying to come in. That's what happened earlier this year when a developer abandoned an apartment project in a Milwaukee suburb that met the city's zoning code, but drew strong opposition from neighbors. Jerry DeShane is with the League of Wisconsin Municipalities. He recommends local officials have open conversations with constituents when projects become controversial. We need more housing units virtually everywhere in Wisconsin. We need to start talking to our citizens about that so that we, we show people that it's not that scary. Chris Hayes is with the city of Nina. He's seen similar fear of change derail multifamily housing developments. He says a recent proposal to turn a former middle school into apartments generated familiar concerns. Crime is going to go up, traffic is going to become ridiculous, and surrounding property values are going to go down. But he says that's generally not what happens. He's looked at past multifamily projects to evaluate crime, traffic, and neighborhood property values. The insinuation that somehow things are going to get worse in each one of those categories hasn't proven to be true. The housing shortage has become such a universal issue in Wisconsin that it's forcing lawmakers and communities to move past a fear of change. They hope that makes it easier to build homes. Joe Schultz, Wisconsin Public Radio. And that'll do it. Thanks for joining us for Wisconsin Today. I'm your host, Alex Crow. Our producers are Mallory Chang and John Davis. You can catch us wherever you get your podcasts every weekday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.